0: Turn in your Bible to Genesis chapter 38 and Romans chapter 12. Genesis chapter number 38 and Romans chapter 12. We're coming to the end today of our sermon series on Sundays in the month of February. The month of February has been a month of renewal, a month of spiritual renewal. And uh, through our times of focused prayer and through our times of specific fasting, those that have participated, been a part of this, have experienced spiritual renewal, a new way of thinking, a new set of values. And it's not like brand new, but it's like renewing what was there when you were first born again. It's renewal. And so during this month, we've experienced spiritual renewal. And we focused on the three spiritual or Christian practices mentioned in the Beatitudes in Matthew chapter number six, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. And so all of these things together help bring about spiritual renewal. Prayer gives us authority over Satan and the ability to combat the powers of spiritual wickedness. Fasting gives us power and authority to defeat our flesh, which is a worse enemy than the devil. And we can't defeat it by, unless we learn to deny it. Through times of fasting. And then last week we talked about how giving enables us to overcome the influence and the influx and the virus of this world. Our three enemies, the flesh, Satan, and the world. And these spiritual disciplines of prayer and fasting and giving help us to overcome them. So today to wrap this up, in Matthew chapter 6, we know that it says that um, why should we worry about what we're going to wear what we're going to eat and then he says oh ye of little faith He says something's wrong with the way you're thinking if you're stressed about all of this stuff and so finally today i want to focus on a renewed mind a mind of faith a renewed mind a mind of faith because it would be a shame for us to go through this process of spiritual renewal this month and not take hold And take advantage of the new mind that the Lord is giving to us and operating in this new mind. Genesis 38 and 27 says, It came to pass in the time of her travail that, behold, twins were in her womb. So she's travailing. This is a young lady named Tamar. And this young lady is travailing extra hard because she's got twins. In her womb. In verse 28, and it came to pass when she travailed that the one put out his hand, and the midwife took and bound upon his hand a scarlet thread, saying, This one came out first. So there was a hand. It's birth, it's birth time. Twins in the womb. A hand comes out. She wraps a little cord around it real quick. The hand goes back in the womb. Well, we know the first one that came out, the red, red thread on his, on his hand. Verse 29, it came to pass, as he drew back his hand, that, behold, his brother came out. And she said, how hast thou broken forth? This breach be upon thee. Therefore, his name was called Pharez. Phares means breakthrough or to... To break out. And afterward came out his brother that had the scarlet thread upon his hand. And his name was Zerah. So there was two babies in the womb. It looked like one was going to come out. (coughs) But the other came out first instead. His name was Ferez, Breakthrough. And this guy named Perez ends up being in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Not Zerah, but Perez is the one who ends up being part of the supernatural thread that goes all the way back, that goes from Jesus all the way traced back to the first man, Adam. Traced through Perez. Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. The Bible says in Romans 12 and 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The good, acceptable and perfect will of God. How many would like to be in the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God in your life? Amen? You really want to be in the right place. You really want, want God's purpose and will to happen in your life. Well, let me just put it this way. In your life, you've got twins in your womb. One of them is conformed, and the other is transformed. And these two Twins in your womb, whichever one comes out, is going to determine your destiny. Conformed is not the perfect will of God. Conformed is not God's plan for your life. Transformed is God's will for your life. The reality is you get to choose whether it's conformed or transformed. It will be conformed if your mind stays the way that it has been. But if your mind is renewed, then the baby that's coming out is transformed. Amen? A new creature in Jesus Christ. So the key to God's perfect will in your life is there's got to be a renewal of your mind, a renewing of the way that you think. Because there's a way of thinking that your circumstances and your situations would try to squeeze you into. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I mean, you try to have a positive mindset. You try to be full of faith. You try to believe God for great things. But your circumstances are squeezing your thinking into a different way of thinking. But through the renewal of your mind, amen, through the renewal of your mind, you can be transformed instead of conformed. And God's perfect will can be accomplished in your life. Amen. How many want the? If you got, the want the will of God in your life, just set down your Bible for a minute and clap your hands, letting it be known. God, I want your will, your perfect will, to be done in my life. Come on, let's say, give Him praise as He's a good God and He's worthy, 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 worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated for just a few moments here. I wonder if there's anybody here today that would be interested in driving yourself crazy. Is there anybody that would like to drive yourself crazy? Um, I've heard before that um, if you want to lose your mind, try to figure out women. That's what somebody said one time. I know I can get myself in trouble here because... about 50 50 here today maybe even a little higher on the women's side but if you really want to drive yourself crazy try to figure god out because the bible says his ways are above above our ways they're past finding out his thoughts are above our thoughts so if we want to try to if we if you really want to drive yourself crazy try to figure god out now what goes along with that is trying to figure out the things that happen in my life. Good things, bad things. But it gets even more complicated. Good things that turn out to be bad things. And bad things that turn out to be good things. I so said, what are you talking about? Well, I've seen people before get something that looks like a blessing... And the blessing ends up pulling them away from God. Was it really a blessing? I've seen people go through difficulty. And the difficulty, I'm like, God, why are they having to go through this difficult time? And the difficulty repositions them spiritually, mentally, maybe even logistically into the direct will of God. So while we're sitting here in the here and now, in the progression of things that are happening, and trying to figure out, is this good? Is this bad? The plot is thickening. Why are we going through this? It can drive us absolutely nuts trying to figure God out and trying to figure out what's happening in our lives. When we try to figure it out, it can make us very anxious, it can stress us out. We can become discouraged very easily. And let me, let me tell you that this thing called life in living for God we're not going to understand everything that happens. We're going to see things going a certain way, and we're like, oh, yeah, check out what God's doing. He's setting me up for success. This blessing's about to unfold, and all of a sudden, boom, a strong right turn, and we're like, but God, wait. What, did you, what happened? There's a lot of plot twists. Can I get an amen, somebody? There's a lot of transitions and uh there's, the, the problem is, you know, we get all kinds of testimonies about how God provides, how God opened doors. People give their testimonies, we shout, we rejoice, we high-five. The problem is people don't tell the whole story. They just tell the good part. They don't talk about all the plot twists that happened before God answered prayers. But I want to tell you today, a real testimony has some twists and turns before the, the, the fulfillment of God's promise, Right? And so today I want to let you know that if you are le- watching your testimony unfold and all of a sudden it takes a hard turn to the left, don't stress out because God's in control. And the only thing I can give you for your journey, because it's going to be a journey, the only thing that I can give you to give you peace as you read this narrative of your life and go through the twists and turns in the plot is one scripture verse. And the scripture verse is this, Romans eight twenty eight. all things work together for the good Hallelujah, of them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. Do you believe the word of God? Man, sometimes I just got to lean into this Bible verse. Because the reality is, all things are not good, but the Bible says all things work together for good. Not so good on its own. When put together in God's plan in His timing, now you can see that it was working together for good. Amen. I love I love birthday cake. Anybody love birthday cake? Sí, si, señor. Hallelujah. Pandulce. Praise the Lord. But one thing I would hate to do is eat a birthday cake one ingredient at a time. Right? How about a scoopful of flour? Anybody for? Come on now egg open your mouth take it down i'm glad though that when it comes together when when they mix it together in the perfect timing when it goes through the heat and the trial it comes out and is delicious the bible says this is your life you don't understand the plots and the twists and the turns and you're like if i was god i wouldn't do that you are so finite You are so limited. I am so limited. And when we try to figure God out, it drives us crazy. What we got to do is trust the cook. Come on now. Trust the master. Trust the one that's in control to understand. He loves me. He loves you. And he has a purpose and a plan for our lives. Come on, somebody. Every twist and turn. Every trial and difficulty. And I know... Sometimes we're wanting to trade lives with somebody else, and we look at them and we're like, man, look, they're not having to go through this and that. They're not having to face that. Look, if only I could have their life, only I could be blessed like them. Well, you have no idea. That's their journey. That's their recipe. Stick with your recipe and trust God. Amen. Somebody say, trust God. So you don't have to live very long to... Face some situations where you're really disappointed, where it doesn't work out the way you had hoped. Where it turns into a bad situation, there's a bad set of circumstances. And the human tendency is to try to figure out well, why did that happen? Why didn't this happen the way it was supposed to happen? Why didn't things turn out right? And I'm telling you, when you live for God for a few years, you learn this. You learn to just chill. Some people need to take a what we used to say when I was a kid, a chill pill. You relax. God's got this. But we try to figure it out and, and we don't understand it. We get sullen and, and, and grumpy or we get discouraged. And with every turn in the narrative, with every shift in the story, you've got a choice. And your choice is on the one hand, you can get negative, you can lose faith, and get discouraged. Or on the other hand, with each twist in the narrative, You can trust God that all things are working out for your good. I know sometimes we go through uncomfortable situations and we try to pray ourselves through it and out of it. But we can't pray away every uncomfortable situation. Sometimes we find ourselves in a trial and we try to rebuke it. Don't rebuke every trial because God can use difficulties for our good. Amen? God uses difficulties to help us grow And if you miss this point You go through life frustrated And running away from every difficulty that comes along Here's my big point today My big point is this God's purpose is almost always unfolded Through a series of twists and turns Through tense and anxious moments It's a riveting story God's purpose is almost always unfolded through a series of twists and turns. And we don't know how it's gonna turn out. We get tense, we get anxious. There's moments that are very stressful. The plot thickens, it's riveting. But guess what? That's how God unfolds his purpose. One example in scripture is this, the fulfillment of the prophecy of the coming Messiah. Jesus is coming. The first was revelation of this was to the serpent and to Eve. When the Lord said to the serpent, somebody's going to be born of this woman that's going to crush your head and, to, and, and uh, was going to take dominion over the kingdom of the serpent. Well, this was where the prophecy started. The prophecy was repeated through Abraham and Judah and David. But when you look at the lineage of Jesus Christ, What's the lineage? That means his family line. You trace it back through his dad, his grandpa, his great-grandpa, all the way back through his earthly lineage, physical lineage of Mary, and even his uh, paternal, even though his father Joseph did not contribute uh, physiologically to his birth, it was still his earthly father. You trace it back, and you find some very interesting twists and turns. In the lineage of Jesus Christ. Interesting characters and sorted events. There's some, prize, some surprises in the lineage of Jesus. First one, one of them is a, is a lady named Rahab. She was in the lineage of Jesus. Her story's told in Joshua chapter two. She was a prostitute who had a brothel in Jericho. And uh, she was the one that hid the spies from Israel when they came to spy out the land. She recognized that the God of Israel was the true God and didn't want to share in the fate of Jericho when Joshua fit the battle of Jericho and the walls came a-tumbling down. So she became a part of the plan of Israel. She was a prostitute who deceived the civil authorities in her own city And she became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ. She's listed explicitly in Matthew in Jesus' genealogy. Talk about a plot twist, huh? Talk about a little turn. Oh, this Christ child that's going to redeem humanity, born of a woman, sinless, from the lineage of a Rahab. And then you have Ruth, the wonderful story of faith. She was not a Jew. She was a Moabitess. But she clung to her mother-in-law, Naomi, despite the adversity that they were experiencing. She was a foreigner who was an ancestor of Jesus Christ. There's another one in there. Her name was Bathsheba. I don't want to spend a lot of time with her story, but David lusted after this married woman had her husband killed. And the result of their sin was there were children that was born. And from one of these children, we see the lineage of Jesus Christ, the wife of Uriah, the Hittite. Talk about a twist and a turn. But the one I want to focus your attention on today is from the passage of Scripture that we read, this young lady named Tamar. Well, the kids are out, so we'll just tell it straight. So here's the deal. Israel, formerly known as Jacob has 12 sons. He speaks blessings over his sons. Oldest son, Reuben, unstable as water. And you got uh, got Simeon. You got Levi. And then son number four is a boy named Judah. His name means to celebrate or praise. So we have the lineage of Jesus, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, now what about the next generation? Well, when you're reading the Bible, you read so much about one of his sons named Joseph that you assume, well, Joseph must be the chosen son through whom the lineage is gonna flow. But that's not what happens. It's this young man named Judah. And when the promises are being given out by the aged patriarch Israel before he dies, When he gets to Judah, he said, the scepter shall not depart from you. In other words, you're going to be the king in Israel. And that scepter was not just a physical kingdom, but it was a prophecy of a spiritual kingdom that was going to be established for eternity through the seed of Judah, which was Jesus Christ. So here's where the story gets a little on the sketchier side. Judah had sons. Judah knew that there was favor and blessing on his life and that there was destiny in his lineage. He had a son that married a young lady named Tamar. And he married Tamar. And they were praying, no doubt. Judah was praying for grandbabies. And he's like, Lord, send me a grandbaby of the male kind to carry on the family name so that the blessing of the progenity can go through this young man. And while he was praying and believing and full of expectancy, not only does Tamar not get pregnant, but his oldest son that married her got sick and died. And then it's like, according to the tradition, if the firstborn's wife is there and the firstborn dies, then... The second born son has to take her and produce a seed for pops, Judah, through Tamar. So the second son of Judah marries this lady named Tamar. Tamar becomes not pregnant, but the second son gets sick and gets worse and then dies. Now Judah is grieved, obviously, his two sons, two oldest sons have passed away. And Tamar has not had a baby yet to carry on her lineage and the promised seed of Judah. So Judah has one more son, one more boy, but he's young. And so not ready to get married yet. But according to the practice and the law then, Tamar would be given to him when he grew up so that she could have, still have her child. So she's waiting, she's waiting, she's waiting, biding her time. The boy gets old enough to get married and she realizes, Judah's not gonna give me his third son. I don't know about you guys, I wouldn't either. I mean, that's two two strikes, you're out, sweetheart. I only got three boys. I don't know what you're feeding them boys, but. Talk about plot twists and turns, right? And so Tamar gets upset that she's not gonna have a baby. She's uh, a maid now. She's getting older, no children, and she's frustrated. And so she concocts a plan, and the plan is, you know, I got to have a baby, a seed from Judah to carry on the lineage. The two boys have died. This is still a young guy. So guess what she did? I mean, this is really sorted, right? It's the Bible. I'm not making this up. So she disguises herself, paints herself up really good, like a prostitute. And hung out where the prostitutes hang out. She wasn't one, but she disguised herself as one. Because she knew that Judah was coming through that day. And so when Judah comes through, Judah decides to have a tryst with this prostitute long story short she becomes pregnant finally with the seed of Judah it was her father-in-law Ooh. it was through deception it was a twisted ugly set of circumstances can we agree on that? can we just nod on that? this is an ugly twist right here And when she becomes pregnant, to make it worse, she gets twins. Two babies. Two babies in the womb. And that's the story that we read in Scripture. So from this situation that's ugly, that's confusing, that is a head-scratcher, that we're like, this certainly ain't the will of God. How did this happen? Look at this mess. And all of a sudden... There's a pregnancy. All of a sudden, there is something about to be born out of this ugly situation. There were two things that could have been born out of this situation. There was a Zerah and there was a Pharez that could have been born out of this situation. And the story goes as we read that the one that was born became part of the lineage of Jesus Christ, the most powerful blessing of all, born out of an ugly situation. But what I want you to understand is there's two different things that could have been born out of that situation. And whenever we experience a twist and a turn, a plot twist that makes us anxious in our life. Out of every situation, there are two things that can be born out of that situation. Two things that can come from it. It can be a pharez that says, I'm going to break out nonetheless. Or it could be a zera, which says, I'm just going to sit back and accept the circumstances, and be conformed to the life that these circumstances are dictating to me. One of them stretched while the other one settled. And in every twist in the plot, it gives birth to these twins. There's one thing that says I can still become everything god created me to be i still have god's favor on my life but on the other side there's the mindset that says well i'll never succeed i guess i'll never go forward i'll never get out of debt i'll never get that change or break this addiction in my life i guess i'll just have to live without the blessing you have two things that can be born out of every twist and turn either or Perez, and you choose which one it will be. Too many people choose to settle with the mindset that life throws at them. I want to tell you that good enough is not your destiny. So my point today is the reason for spiritual renewal is not just so you can be hungry for a while and not just so you spend a little more time praying. The reason for spiritual renewal is for you to start walking in faith again. For you to start expecting great things to happen in your life. For you to begin to anticipate that God's going to flow through you and use you and anoint you powerfully. The problem is when we go through the twists and turns of life without renewal of our mind, without spiritual renewal, we begin to give birth to Zerah out of every trial and difficulty. And we start to settle and we don't believe and we don't have faith and we don't stretch and we don't anticipate that good things are going to happen. And I want to tell you that there are too many Christians that have allowed the circumstances of their life to turn them into faithless, hopeless, just struggling to survive, barely making it believers. But it is the will of God during a time of spiritual renewal for you to rebirth the idea of transformation of your destiny, transformation of your purpose through renewal of your mind. Somebody praise the Lord right now. Come on, somebody help me praise the Lord right now. God has new levels inside of you. God has new things that he wants to do through you. Breakthroughs. But today I want to stir up what's on the inside of you. Sometimes we look at our limitations, our background, our family, things from our past, what you have observed, generational curses in your family, and it puts pressure on you to settle. Uh, Well, I guess I'll always be in debt. I guess my kids will always be undisciplined. I guess my marriage will always be subpar but you're the one that has to start believing again because there's two babies that can be born. One of them is conformed. That means I just got to stick with the way life's throwing it at me. The other is transformed. The only way you can be transformed is through the renewal of your mind. And I'm preaching today. I'm preaching today. Somebody here, I want your mind to get up out of discouragement. Get up out of despair. Quit giving birth to Zerah out of every twist and turn in your life. And let through even difficulty, faith, expectancy, breakthrough. Amen. God's promises and power be born out of every situation come on you are not created to be average and barely get by you are not created just to take the leftovers the Bible says you're gonna be the head and not the tail I want you to get your head up again amen don't be conformed don't let your thinking be squeezed by what's happened to you amen that's the point I'm trying to make. What happened to you is trying to squeeze your brain into a way of thinking that does not allow God's will to be done. But the only way the perfect will of God can be done is for you to come through the difficulty and give birth to transformed instead of conformed. My, my, my thinking's not going to be conformed by the fact that somebody hurt me. I'm not gonna let my thinking be conformed by the fact that I lost my job. I'm not gonna let my thinking be conformed by the fact that I didn't get that promotion. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna let my mind be conformed, amen, by the fact that my kids have disappointed me and I'm discouraged right now. I'm not gonna let that conform or squeeze my thinking into a limitation, but I'm going to, despite the reality, give birth to Faraz, which is a breakthrough that says, even in the midst of difficulty, I believe I'm not gonna stay here, but I I'm going to be transformed. I believe that God's going to take and make something great out of this. Hallelujah. out of incest, out of feigned prostitution is born the progenitor of Jesus Christ. Don't tell me God can't take something that ought to squeeze you into discouragement and turn it into a faith moment. That's the kind of God that we serve. And I want to encourage you today that don't let this be just a time of fasting and prayer and then go on with regular life. But somebody start walking in faith. Somebody start walking with confidence that believes God can take all things and work them together for my good come on he's working it for my good uh, he's working it for my good Hallelujah! Oh, praise him put your hands together and praise him hallelujah you, you know i look in the old testament the story when god called abraham out of the ur of the chaldees and told him i'm sending you to a land of promise I'm going to bless you big time And the biggest blessing Is you're going to be the father of many nations Your seed is going to be countless Not just a physical seed But a spiritual seed Of which you and I are a part of today We're sons and daughters of Abraham Through Jesus Christ right? The spiritual inheritance God gives his promise to this old ancient man Living in Ur And he leaves And he's heading to the promised land He's on his way to Canaan and he gets halfway there to a place called Haran, which means parched, a dry space. And he stops. And he puts his tents there. And he stops halfway there. See, he's got his dad with him. His dad says, we've gone far enough. Abraham's like, yeah, we, we went a long way. God told us to leave. We're halfway there, but it's getting tough. It's hard, it's difficult, feels like we need to stop. They stopped halfway to the promised land, and that's where Abraham's father died. Halfway to God's purpose, halfway to the perfect will of God, halfway to the promises of God. And I fear that some of us because we allow circumstances to squeeze and conform our thinking into acceptance. Stop halfway to where God wants us to be. And halfway, the bad news, is not a paradise. Halfway is a desert place. Halfway is a parched place. If you're thirsty, if you're feeling parched right now, then you can can be for sure that you're not all the way where God's going to take you. You're only halfway there now. But the pressure is for you to give birth to Sarah, which says, let's just settle here. This is what it's going to be. But there's something in the spirit of a transformed mind that says, I can give birth to Faraz in the middle of a dry place and believe that God has a perfect will that is ahead of me, that God has a perfect will if I will not allow my thinking... Life Church, we don't need to stop halfway there. In terms of your marriage, you're just halfway there. In terms of your children's destiny, you're just halfway there. In terms of your effective ministry, you're just halfway there. I know what circumstances are trying to impress upon you, but reject that. There's a transforming word here today. Through faith, let your mind be renewed. Come on, praise him right now. Hallelujah. Come on, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Tara decided I can't go any further. I know this isn't the promised land, but it's good enough. At least we can survive and make it. We do the same thing. We start out right, big dreams, living for God, pursuing our destiny. But then when adversity comes, when there's a twist in the plot, We're like, what's the use? I'll never break this cycle of addiction. I'll never overcome this. My marriage can't get any better. I'll never accomplish my dreams. But today through the Spirit, I want to light a transforming fire in you today. Hallelujah. You do what you can, and God will do what only He can. But if you give up, if you quit, if you stop... If you start giving birth to conform instead of transform, then you'll never see the perfect will of God. But I'm telling you today, get your mind renewed. Get your spirit on fire. Get your expectancy up. Get your hope up again. Don't be a weakling. Be a warrior. Come on. Your dreams are worth fighting for. Your children are worth fighting for. Your marriage is worth fighting for. Your health is worth fighting for. Can you believe in transformation? God didn't start you out to go halfway. So here's the point, the point, the point, the point. The point is, is during this time of prayer and fasting, some of you all of a sudden realized that I've pitched a tent, or I've started to build a house where I was supposed to just pitch a tent. That I've settled spiritually in a spot that I was only supposed to pause in momentarily Uh uh-huh that's what the Holy Ghost is saying that's what the Spirit of God is speaking to you as an individual, to us as a church that you've made progress, you're definitely not in Ur anymore, but you're not in the promised land yet, you're not in the perfect will of God yet so today is a challenge and a call that you've come off of this fast but that doesn't mean stop fasting, you've finished this time of focused prayer but you need to keep praying Amen. We talked about giving, but this is not just something. For one time, this is a thing to make consistent. And so I'm telling you, here's what I'm telling you now. Don't fall back into the old spot. Pull up your tent stakes. Come on now. Say, okay, let's wrap it up, family. Let's put it all together. We're getting ready to move on to where God has called us to go and what God has called us to be. I know. Amen. I know we're not where we were, but we're not where we're going yet. Uh, It's time to reignite. Uh, It's time to reestablish our focus uh, and move on. Come on. Life Church. we're moving moving on. God has great things in store for us. I'm thankful for where we are. I'm thankful for what God has done, but we're not going to conform to whatever circumstance and situation tries to dictate our shape. We're being transformed by the renewing of our minds. Oh, come on. Praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him, praise him. Boxers and MMA fighters will tell you the first place you lose the battle is in your mind. And it's true today. If you don't think you can do it, then you'll never be able to. If you don't think it can happen, then it'll never happen. But somebody needs to get it in your spirit. This is just a season I'm going through, I'm just passing through. I'm coming into some new health, I'm coming into some new habits. I'm going to overcome in victory. I'm not going to stay down. I'm not going to stay discouraged. I'm not going to let the circumstance conform my thinking. I'm not going to let this world and the circumstances I'm facing conform my thinking. But I'm giving birth to transformation by allowing my mind. Come on, somebody. The Spirit of God wants to breathe across your way of thinking right now and put faith back into your spirit and confidence to believe that God can do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hey, when I say that God can fill 10 people with the Holy Ghost next week, there ought to be something inside of some of you that said,
1: Come on, preacher.
0: What are you talking about? How about 20 people? Come on, somebody. That's what I'm speaking. I'm speaking faith into the atmosphere today that God can use you to lay hands on sick people, and they will recover. I'm telling you, it's time to get your faith back. It's time to get motion back in your step and to push off the spirit of conforming. Hallelujah. 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 I like 2 Corinthians 2, 9. It says, But as it is written, I hath not seen nor ear heard, neither hath it entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. God has prepared. Now, I always used to think this scripture was talking about the mansions we were going to have in heaven. Now, I know that God's got great things in heaven for us when we get there. But I don't believe this scripture is just talking about the things God has prepared for us when we get to heaven. But I think that God has great things prepared for us when we keep moving into his will and into his destiny. There are great things that God has in your future. But the good and perfect will of God can only be proved through a transformed mind. The good and perfect will of God can only happen through renewal of our mind. We weren't made just to reach one level and then stop but we were made to grow, to move forward, hallelujah and to increase and there ought to be something in us that is allowing us to constantly break barriers of the past and take new territories for our families take new territories for God's kingdom and when we make progress we don't stop there, amen hallelujah, we don't get conformed in that spot, we know that there's a new territory that God has for us There will always be forces trying to keep you where you are. It's called conforming powers. But don't allow yourself to be conformed. I refuse to be contained by negative mindsets and negative people. Doesn't matter. I know sometimes like, well, it's the way I was raised. It's the mistakes I've made. It's injustices and disappointments. It's my handicap. It's all of these things that have... That are keeping me where I am. But I've made up my mind that where I am is not where I'm staying. Come on, somebody. Where I am is not where I'm staying. Now, the Apostle Paul was in prison. I don't think that's where he wanted to end up. But you know what? He didn't get depressed, he decided to write some letters while he was in prison. And he had more influence with his letters from prison than he ever did in person. Because he said, this is not where I'm going to end up, but I'm going to have a good spirit and do good in the midst of my difficulty, difficult twist in the plot. I mean, think about it, guys. We get all moping and complaining. The apostle Paul ends up in prison. How does that fit into his five-year plan? Like, I'm going to open a church here. I'm going to start a mission here. We're going to have a healing crusade here. And then I'm going to go to prison for four years. (laughs) And write a bunch of letters. You can't tell me that's not a plot twist. That's not something he wasn't anticipating. So don't think you're alone when your plans fall apart. And you end up where you never anticipated or expected to be. But understand, when you get in prison, there's twins in your womb. Amen. And you can give birth to one or the other. You can give birth to conforming, which is coming up with a prison mentality, or coming up with the mentality of your trial and allowing it to depress and discourage and to limit your effectiveness or you can in the midst of that reject it and give birth to transform give birth to pharez. give birth to break through come on give birth to revival and understand I'm not going to stay here this is a temporary location for me this is a temporary situation for me but in the meantime I'm going to give glory to God I'm going to work for God while I'm here I'm going to make a difference while I'm here and whenever God's done with me here I'll move out to the next place because whatever I can do to bring glory to God is worth it, even if I'm just dis- even if I have to experience some pain, even if I have to experience some containment. I'm gonna give him praise anyway because I know that all things are working together for the good. Hallelujah! Because I love him, I love him, and I know that he's working all things together. Come on, somebody, put your hands together and praise him. Can you stand to your feet right now and give the Lord praise right now? I may be going through a difficulty i may be going through a trial right now i may not understand why i'm going through what i'm going through but i know one thing greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world and he's ultimately in charge and he's working all things all things all things things.
1: hallelujah
0: One of the best things you can learn to do Is just relax I'm not just talking about laying at home all day But I'm talking about not stressing Listen, if you're still getting upset About the things that upset you five years ago It's time for you to grow up Should I say that again? If you're still getting upset about the things that stressed you out and upset you five years ago, it's time to grow up. As I look back over my life, I see the things that I'm facing, the twists and turns in my life and in leadership of the church. And I am just riding it. It's, it's a blast. I'm like, who knows what's gonna happen next? My Lord, this is cray-cray. Check it out, wow. And then I think about myself five years ago facing those things. I would have pulled all my hair out. And you would have had a a bald pastor, right? But I still got hair because I learned something through the old twists and turns. I learned to chill. And some of you need to grow up because you're still upset about things that upset you five years ago. It's time for you to let God use these things to grow you up. some of you are like God changed that man he's so mean he's so hateful so selfish God changed that man my husband and who knows maybe God's trying to change you maybe God's putting you through something to bring transformation to your life but as long as you remain the victim as long as you have a mentality that makes you the victim it'll be your barrier to your breakthrough too many people are thinking well somebody owes me something angry at their parents angry at their boss chip on their shoulder bitter at this person that person if God is so good how could he let this happen to me why was I betrayed why did I have to go through the divorce I understand You've been done wrong. I understand situations caused you pain. If you can get over it though and quit reliving the hurt and move forward, you can see the transformation I'm talking about. The new beginning God has in store for you but you got to move on. I love this saying. You can be pitiful Or you can be powerful But you can't be both You can be pitiful And you can be powerful But you cannot Be both Hallelujah Hallelujah The attitude of faith The attitude of faith Says I understand that Satan's not going to roll out the red carpet to allow my destiny to be fulfilled in my life. But greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. And whatever it is today, I'm telling you that you need to get over Get over it. Whether it's betrayal or a bad business deal, something from your childhood, you got to get over it. Or it will keep you from God's fullness. It will keep you from the amazing future God has in store for It will keep you at the halfway point. What you went through may not have been fair. But if you have the right attitude, it will turn into a set up instead of a setback. But when you open the door to self-pity and blame and negative thoughts, it will flood your mind. But God is saying, get over it. It's transforming time. It's transforming time. I'm not going to be defined by my past. I'm going to be prepared by my past. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So this week, I want to encourage us to begin to put our faith in action again. Begin to put our faith in action again. Begin to say, I believe God's going to do something. How do you put your faith into action? Well, what about the four men that had a sick friend? Remember that story? He was sick of the palsy. He was laying in bed, and Jesus came to town. And they went to him and they said, hey, bro, the healers down the road in this house. And he's like, I'm too sick to get out of bed. They said, I mean, can you get there if we, care, if, if we, if we uh, support you? And he's like, I, I'm, I'm serious. I cannot get out of bed. I'm that weak. They said, okay, stay in your bed then. And they each grabbed a corner of that bed. And they walked out the front door of that house Carrying a bed You know what that is? That's faith in action That's showing that you have faith And when they got to The house where Jesus is Jesus was The house was full And they tried to get in through the front door And there was no way Because the house was bulging full of people And So they're like wow This is not going to work What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I believe God's going to work a miracle. I believe God's going God's to bring healing to my friend. But we got to get him in the presence of Jesus. What, what are we going to do? Anybody got a ladder? They found a ladder. They carried a bed up a stinking ladder onto the roof of a house. And they get up there and they're like, now what are we going to do? He's on the roof. We can hear Jesus through the other side. They started to tear a hole in the roof of these people's house Jesus is in the house teaching people jammed in all around him and all of a sudden the plaster starts falling from the ceiling onto the people around and they look up and all of a sudden boom a flash of light from the exterior shines through and the hole gets larger and no doubt everybody's like I mean it was probably a crazy moment everybody's like what and then they begin to let the man down through the roof. The Bible says this specifically. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the sick man, "Thy sins be forgiven thee." And then later the man walked out carrying his sick bed. You know why? Because they showed their faith. They showed their faith. It wasn't enough for them to sit out, sit in the back and say, "Man, If my friend was here, I believe he could be healed. That wouldn't get the miracle, but they went and got him. And when they went and got him, it looks like just a task, like a pickup job. They're going to pick somebody up. They're they're, they're going to do transportation. But the reality is it was an act of faith. And some of you this week, you have some friends that are in bad situations. You have some people that need God, that you know need God. And God's going to work on their behalf. But you're the one that's got to exercise some faith. Using your transformed mind. The devil's tried to conform your mind into believing that you can't do it. That God can't use you because of all of these reasons. You can either conform and accept that. Or today there's something in you that says God's called me to be a soul winner. God's called me to help people that are in need. Me, not Pastor Brown, me. God's going to use me to see somebody's life transform. Not Brother the Matt- mathematics. God's going to use me. And I'm challenging somebody today to put your faith in action this week. Isn't it enough for me just to believe? Well, that's a great, that's a good start. But he's looking for faith that gets in action. Faith that begins to work. Faith from a transformed mind that says, I believe that God is going to use me. Hallelujah. Praise God. Does anybody want to operate in faith this week? Does anybody want God to use you powerfully this week? Minister to somebody in need. Hallelujah. We're going to pray for just a moment here as a church. So as they begin to uh, uh, play and sing here in just a moment, I'm opening this altar up for you guys to join us for just a moment. We're going to pray together before we leave. We're going to pray God's anointing on you to exercise faith and to let the will of God be done in your life. Can you join me at the front right now? All of our friends, guests, church members, just join us just for a couple minutes as we pray together before we leave this place today. Hallelujah. I'm going to loose the body right now to speak faith to one another. Before we pray, I want you to turn to somebody, maybe two or three people. You're going to look at them, point at them, shake their hand, whatever. And I want you to speak faith over them and and declare to them that God is going to use them this week. I want you to speak it in faith that God's going to use them this week to speak a word of encouragement to somebody to, to bring somebody out to the house of the Lord that needs a healing, that needs a revival. So right now, turn around to somebody if you know them you can call them by name if you don't know them say hey cutie come on say it speak speak a word of faith I don't have time to go tell everybody I want you to do it right now God's going to use you this week God's going to anoint you this week come on speak that word God's going to anoint you this week if you'll put your faith in action, God's going to use you. God's going to use you if you put your faith in action. I need some people of faith with a gift of faith right now to lay hands as appropriate on the head of that person you just spoke that word to and begin to speak a word of faith over them right now. Come on, young people. I want you to practice it right now. In the name of Jesus, God, I release anointing And faith into this vessel, Lord God, to begin to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, to be sensitive to the prompting of the Holy Ghost. Give them courage like a lion. Give them courage like a lion to speak to somebody, to be bold enough to invite somebody and pick somebody up with their own car if they need to. Bring somebody that's sick. Bring somebody that's hurting. Bring somebody that's in need. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I want you to pray for God to renew their mind right now. To renew their mind so God's perfect will can be done in their life. Come on, that's it. You've got the authority to do it. Speak the word right now. Speak it in faith. Speak it with courage right now. In the name of Jesus. Come on, that's it. Now the Holy Ghost is going to flow in this place. The Spirit is flowing right now in this place. There's encouragement. Hallelujah. There's faith beginning to flow. There's anointing in the house right now. Come on, that's it. Uh, let the Holy Ghost begin to speak through you. You got the Holy Ghost. You can do this. Uh, let God lead you and encourage God somebody.
1: Hallelujah. We'll Head. Moving ahead, I'm here to declare to you my past is over with you. you. All things. over
0: feel to do right now spirit of God's moving it's going to continue to move right here right now keep praying but I want I just feel like we need to get everybody that's here that's willing to come under the age of 30 30 and under come right up here at the front we're going to pray that God turns you into soldiers this is a powerful group right here and if, if if everybody, come on, come on, just come all across here. Let's let's get in as close as we can. Or some of you, come, you sneak in here behind. Any of you else that are in the crowd, uh, a thirty and under, I want you to come in here because uh, the, the the Satan would absolutely love to intimidate you into believing that for whatever reason that God can't use you right now. But I want to tell you that you are at the prime. Spot in your life for faith to begin to operate in your life gifts of the spirit to, for God to use you powerfully hallelujah and so I'm going to pray a prayer and I'm going to ask some people of God who are not shy but who are full of faith and, and have a vision with me right now that God's going to use these young people powerfully to begin to join with me And the way you can join with me is I want you to come in and I want you to begin to pray for these young people. Begin to lay hands on them. That's all right. Do it in an appropriate way. Lay hands on them. Speak a word of faith over them. Declare that God is going to use them. And young people, I just want you to let the Holy Ghost flow for a little bit in your life right now. Is that all right? Because... When the Holy Ghost gets a hold of you, it changes you. It makes you something you could never be without the power of the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost is getting ready to fall in this place on some people in a way that's going to change the way you think about yourself, the way you think about your destiny, the way you think about your ability to do anything right now. God's going to send anointing flowing into this house right now. I see it and I sense it. So I need some of you people to just move in among these. Come on, come in right now. Find these young men and these young ladies. I want you to put hands on them, and I want you to speak a word of faith upon them right now in the name of Jesus. Come on. There's some powerful young ladies, powerful young men here right now. Move among them. Speak a word over their life. Young people, let the gift of the Spirit flow through you. Don't be afraid to cry. Don't be afraid to let the Spirit of God begin to really impact your life right here, right now, today. This is a day where the Holy Ghost is going to move on you. This is where where the Lord's going to anoint you. Some of you can hear God speaking to you, that He's going to use you, that God's making promises to you afresh.
1: That's
0: it, men and ladies of God.
1: Don't be ashamed to move through and pray for
0: people. Speak a word of faith over them. Command you healing and blessing.
1: Make all